0: The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of WickDonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at WickDonald's! Ba-da-ba-ba-ba-go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden Colorado. Yo, this is Flip Gordon. You're listening to the Top Rope Nation podcast.
1: Hey, this is your Olympic hero Kurt Angle, and you're listening to Top Rope Nation. Oh, it's true. It's damn true.
2: At
3: high volume, preferably in a residential area.
4: Ladies and gentlemen,
3: it
0: is now time!
3: Oh, no. Oh, yeah! I finished these fights. Give me a hell yeah! Top Rope Nation.
1: Learn to love it! It's the best thing going today.
3: Woo! Guys, we have made it to episode 100. It has been done. If you ever doubted us, we're here. We're in the triple digits. Ladies and gentlemen, Top Rope Nation, episode 100. My name's Ryan Drosty of comicbook.com. I'm here with Justin and Kyle, as always. And this show's been a long time coming. We've had some layoffs here and there, but uh, we've pretty much been back at it now for several months, each and every week. And we've kind of had this date circled on the calendar for a long time i knew at the end of may if we kept going every week that's when we'd hit episode 100 so here we are Uh, i'm going to throw it out to the guy who's been with me on the shows more than any other host or guest kyle ross kyle how's it feel to uh, hit episode 100
0: i never thought we'd get here (laughs) but but, you know with a tear in my eye i've got to say This is the greatest moment of my life. I love it, (laughs) absolutely love
3: it. Justin joined. We're going to talk a little bit up front here about the history of the show because some of you have been listening to this. That was spontaneous,
0: by the way. That just came to me. I'm very impressed. That's awesome. I I thought you had that planned out. No.
3: (laughs) We're going to talk a little bit about the history of Top Rub Nation, though, guys. Because we
0: promos suck. (laughs)
3: that's true we're gonna get into a lot of that tonight we're talking about dean ambrose and his interview with chris jericho if you haven't heard it you gotta hear it it's awesome we're gonna break that all down for you tonight we're gonna talk AEW fallout uh we're gonna talk about nxt takeover 25 this week and that's all on the docket tonight but we wanted to lead off kind of talking about the history of the show uh, how it came about because a lot of you have been listening to this show since the very beginning we got some dedicated listeners we thank each and every one of you for all your support and we've never really done this before so why not talk about how we got to episode 100 if you don't want to hear it go ahead and skip forward <laughs> no you know no hurt feelings here but we thought this is the time we got to talk about where this crazy show came from and Justin joint uh you joined us at episode 20 so you've been along for most of the ride at this point how's it feel to hit episode 100 for you
4: Great man very very excited to finally get here and uh, looking forward to the next 100
3: Oh yeah so um the planning for this show guys I would say it it goes way back but I really started planning Top Rope Nation in about 2014 which was around the time I launched Top Rope Press, which is a, was a wrestling news, features, results website that I ran for four years, from 2014 to 2018. Uh, so when the show first started, and the show was pushed really hard on that website. And uh, when I launched the website, I'd been involved in writing wrestling, uh, covering wrestling for many, many years, and I wanted to try my hand at starting my own oh. site. So started Top Rope Press, and I always wanted to start a podcast I had written for some other sites that had podcasts, and I would do guest appearances here and there, but I always wanted to try my hand at doing one myself. I had a little bit of experience in mixing audio and stuff. I mean, that's your behind the scenes right there. I'm the guy that mixes it each and every week as well, and I'm kind (laughs) of over these last hundred.
0: Justin, uh, I'm on the other hand, barely know how to use the computer.
3: (laughs) Well, (laughs) well, Kyle, though, I want to get into this because you had some history podcasting, and it was kind of interesting because... You started writing for top rope press maybe in 2015 and i don't
0: recall exactly how it might have been 16 i think 16 okay yeah because i think we were bitching about the wrestlemania in dallas
3: okay and i don't even remember I, I remember getting the email from you that you wanted to write for the site i don't remember how you came across it uh, but i remember in the email you sent me you had mentioned like we had this perspective podcast on the horizon there was a section on the website that was going to be launching soon and i think you mentioned to me I had some history. I have some history in podcasting. I'd be up for that at some point in time. Do you remember how you found out about Top Rope Press and how joining the site all came about? Because I mean, without that, this this uh, broadcast
0: is way way different. A buddy of mine for me. so, you know, for a couple of years. I mean, I've you know, I've, there's never been a year uh, where I haven't followed wrestling. I, mean, I think the, the closest thing would maybe be like 2009, but even then, like. You know, I, I still followed it fairly regularly, but you know, I I, I kind of and maybe that was an interesting time to do so. But I I just ramped up my wrestling fan. And again. Probably had something to do with the fact that I was uh married, living comfortably with my wife. You know, <laughs> all of a sudden, you know, hey, you know that that conquered. You know, now, now it's time to I guess find a hobby. Um And you know, buddy just shared it to me, and I was like. You know, I was like, man, I need to like write about wrestling or something again. I didn't talk about it on a weekly basis. I have takes. And I think a buddy of mine just forwarded me your info. He's like, oh, this was, I saw this. Hmm, It's literally that. (laughs) Okay.
2: Yeah.
3: Well, Justin was right with Top Row Press from the start. He was one of the first writers I had in there in 2014 when I was trying to come up with the uh, name for the website. You know, he helped me kind of come up with that. I remember we were texting back and forth and, uh, Justin, what do you recall about writing for Top Row Press there at the beginning?
4: Uh, I had so much to say <laughs> at the start and then I like got it out of my system pretty quickly and realized that I am not very good at writing. <laughs> <laughs> you had some entertaining
3: columns, so Top Rope Press is not up anymore. If you go to topropepress.com, it goes right to the website or for the podcast now. Um, but if you go on like the internet way back machine, you can find the website and you can find Justin wrote an article. It was like coming out of the closet. I'm a wrestling fan. It was hilarious. Like one of my favorite columns anyone ever wrote for the website. And honestly, the website had a lot of growth. Uh, it, we got into like Google news. We were doing really well in uh page use and everything, but four years of running, it is really stressful to run a website. I mean, I was on the technical side. I was writing, I was editing. and Props to anyone that does it because I also work a full time job outside of this. And I just, and when I started having kids, it was tough to balance everything. I started to lose the passion for running a site. Like I wanted to continue writing, and that's why I'm writing a comic book now, but I didn't really want to run a site anymore. But I wanted to continue the podcast for sure because I love doing this show. Um, so when we started the podcast in 2016, I guess the website still had two years left at that point, but uh, Top Rope Nation came from Top Rope Press. And uh, started it out that we did like a trial run. If you view our archives, the very first show is a WWE draft post show. It was right when they started the new brand split. And uh, the host at the time was myself and a guy named Jason Stout, who was an associate editor on Top Rope Press. And we did that episode. That's not like a numbered show. It's just like a a post show. And then we did Top Rope Nation episode one. And uh, Jason was the co-host on that, too. And then Jason, who actually still listens to the podcast here and there, I know, because he tweets us once in a while, had a little, I, he just wanted to get away from wrestling, had a little falling out, whatever, no hard feelings, and uh, didn't didn't want to podcast anymore. So at that point, I reached out to Kyle, and uh, from episode two on, Kyle Ross joined Top Rope Nations. He's been hope- here for almost the whole thing.
0: Well, no, I think I missed a few,
3: like when Justin first started. Yeah, yeah, you've missed them like here and there, but you started with episode two. That's what I'm saying, and that was episode two was August fourth, August fourth, twenty sixteen.
0: Yeah, it was. It was just this past fall when I stopped being a pussy and decided you know I could still podcast and (laughs) football season.
3: (laughs) Yeah, I used to drop out like when during business season, but uh, yeah, it was. Kyle, you've had some background in, in podcasting. I don't know if you want to talk about that at all. I think didn't you kind of go to college for broadcasting for a little no, while? I,
0: no, I I, uh, I did go to a b- local broadcasting school. That's right. Here. I wouldn't really recommend it to anybody if they're listening, but hey, whatever. Um, you know, n- nor would I recommend getting a, a degree in political science from a four-year university. So I'm really uh, hit all the trifectas, but uh, <laughs> I'm sitting here talking to you guys and couldn't be happier. So my favorite time of the week.
3: Yeah. So, uh, Kyle, I mean, he was a logical choice to to start off. And I think we did a pretty good job right from the start. But, man, I mean, like like anything with more practice, you get better and better. If I listen to those early shows, I'm like, man, I think I'm a lot better at hosting than it was back then. Like, I don't think it was bad, but I feel I, a lot I, more comfortable I, now. I think, yeah, you know, and
0: there's the chemistry now I think we all have together. So it takes a while to hit that.
3: Well, I mean, when me and Kyle started,
0: we had never even talked before. You know, I think we had, we had, had, yeah, we had emails, and I think we had one phone conversation. Like, like when you asked me to do it, like it was kind of like, "Hey, can you do this?" And I was like, "Yeah." And I believe I was actually drunk at the time at a bar when you asked me to do it.
3: (laughs) Otherwise, maybe you wouldn't have said yes. Yeah, yeah,
0: I I, I was actually. (laughs) What was that? I think it was my buddy. I don't know. It's like I just remember sitting outside drinking, and I was pretty hammered
3: what else is new yeah <laughs> and justin was one of our most dedicated listeners from the very start justin would always text me every time a new episode released about oh, what was going on and uh, what he thought of the show and everything and so when we expanded the show i think it was in um, i got the date written down here it was january 13th 2017 episode 20 kyle dropped out that week and kyle your availability i remember that whole month was not very good so I needed a co-host. I wanted to put out some content. Mr. Justin joined. You know why?
0: I also was moving that at that point in January. That's right. seventeen. Yes,
3: That's right. So Justin jumped on. And uh, I remember I loaned you like an extra microphone that I
4: had as we started. Yeah, like, like one you'd use for gaming.
3: Yeah. It wasn't very good quality, but it got the job done. If you listen to those shows, you kind of have like kind of a tinny sound as you're talking. But uh, how nervous were you on your first episode, Justin? How did you feel about joining the podcast?
4: Oh, super nervous. I was probably nervous for like months. And actually, the only way I got over it was I had to stop going back and listening to the episodes. Oh, yeah. I I hated hearing myself. So, (laughs) then I was fine after that.
3: Yeah, it was. You stepped in for like the week and we weren't really sure if it was going to be permanent, I don't think, at that point. And then we decided, why not make this a three-man show? And uh, we pretty much rolled with it ever since and so like for the next couple years top rope press was still online and the podcast was always pushed on the website and the website like i said was doing good page views we actually grew to a point where i had to like upgrade our our uh, hosting plan which if anyone's ever ran a website that gets very expensive and before i had to upgrade the hosting we were making like decent enough revenue where I could pay the writers a little bit and actually make some profit on the site. But then we got to the point where I had to upgrade the hosting because we were doing so many hits, but then the ad revenue didn't keep up. So then we were like in the red and it got to the point where I just, I had to shut it down. Now it, it was a little hard on the podcast, to be honest, because that website was so well trafficked that it helped our, our downloads quite a lot. Like those early shows are still by far our most downloaded ones. And, um, when, when I shut down top Row press, it kind of felt like with the podcast, we had to regrow our audience and we're still doing that. Now we've had several months in a row now of continued growth, which is awesome. Thanks for all of you tuning in, but this is like why I really harp on every week, you know, subscribe on iTunes. Leave us a rating because we got to move up the rankings to get in front of new eyes. I mean, the show has been around for several years, so it's hard for us to rank highly because you know we're we're a pre-existing podcast. If if there's brand new shows that get a lot of reviews and subs and stuff, they rank high right away. But we've already been in the system for so long, it's a little more challenging. So I noticed right away when we when we uh, shut down the website, the uh, the downloads you know like really fell off and now we've kind of built it up again but that was it was a really good vehicle to to have top rope press pushing us but after that like it was it got pretty difficult for a while but uh, I, th- I feel like we've kind of regrown the show um from the ground up so and, and this week we will defeat talk as jericho is the most listened to wrestling <laughs> podcast uh, uh in the internet god i could i could only wish uh do you guys have any favorite podcast that we have done or any memories you wanted to share of the show over the years so like i said we've been doing this for almost three years now off and on um let me throw it to uh, kyle first because we're kind of talking off air i think you have a few things prepared here
0: i thought our wrestlemania preview show the one we just for this past wrestlemania i could not tell you the week sadly but whatever our preview episode was for wrestlemania 35 may have been our best episode that
3: was a fun one i remember that but but
0: i'm predicting tonight (laughs) We'll give it a run for its money
3: we got some stuff prepared this is going to be a yeah. good show
0: i'm giving a career best effort tonight i believe for episode 100. <laughs>
3: uh justin any uh, personal highlights doesn't have to be a specific episode but any any favorite memories from doing the podcast
4: well just for the record uh you know since kyle's going to be putting on a show tonight i plan on phoning it as usual <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> um you know really the only big one that comes to mind I is- should skate. uh the the only big one for me that comes to mind is my uh my drunken rant at the end of like a two-hour episode where i predicted gargano yes
3: (laughs) that was that was that was a great show yeah the uh i gotta say like it was we had some technology mishaps but doing the live cast here in iowa when kyle was in town that was pretty fun to all sit around the table together and do it in person um we didn't record one Wrestlemania weekend but I, obviously when we all met up there that was awesome awesome weekend uh I've loved you know we did some co-co co-sh- shows with uh Derek Chappelle's podcast back in the day I know we did a Wrestlemania preview with those guys and uh I guess that would have been 2017 that was a lot of fun uh I've enjoyed the interviews we've done. Uh, We've had Liam O'Rourke on a couple times. You're going to hear from him. He called in and left us a message for the 100th episode. Uh, The second time we had Liam on when he was kind of responding to Eric Bischoff's ridiculous comments on his book. That was a really good show Mm -hmm. last summer. I liked that one a lot. Um, Flip Gordon was a really good interview we did on episode 50. That was a good one. Um, That was right after we came back from a hiatus. So we pretty much did the show consistently. Uh, from the summer of 2016 until the fall of 2017. And then at that point, you both had children and everything got really busy and we were off for a couple of months. And then we brought it back in early 2018 and uh, we pretty much at it all the way through 2018, pretty much every week. And then I had my second child last fall and we, we kind of did like one show a month for a couple of months. And then since January this year, we've been back at it full time. So I just want to thank you guys for taking the time to do this show with me. It's been a lot of fun. I hope we can continue this for the foreseeable future. I can't think of two better guys to talk wrestling with every Thursday night.
0: Kyle, yeah. tear to your eye. Yeah, I am. I'm getting a little weepy, man. I'll tell you what. It feels, <laughs> like, the, it feels like the Rhodes family. Hey,
3: it's,
4: true. it's true. I mean, it...
0: The Erps are blood. The Kennedys are blood. <laughs> Top rope is blood. It's
3: true. I mean we've really uh, connected doing the show over the years now. And uh, I've known Justin for a long time. We talked about it on this show, but there was many years where we weren't really in contact. Then we got back in contact around the time when top rope press launched and everything. And you you guys have become two of my closest friends doing the show. And uh, it's, it's, it's been a lot of fun.
4: Yeah, I know one, one big thing for me is there, there's been a handful of times where I have come into the show, like just in a bad mood, had a bad day. Didn't want to talk about wrestling. And then by the time we ended the show, I, did, I didn't want to stop talking wrestling with you guys.
3: Yeah, love it. I mean, when when you become an adult, you have a family and you have kids, you don't really get out very much anymore. And this is kind of a good escape for me every week, at least. I mean, that I don't know about you guys, but for me, I look forward to it because of that, too. So we we uh, opened up the phone lines this week. I talked about this on the podcast last week. We're going to kind of sprinkle these in. Throughout the show, we had some phone calls from our longtime listeners, some former guests. And uh, let's go to the first batch right now of uh, messages we got congratulating us on 100 episodes.
1: Hello. No one is available to
0: take your call. Please leave a message after the tone. Hey,
1: this is Brian in Cleveland. I just want to give a congratulatory 100-episode shout-out to Ryan, Justin, and my man, Kyle, who I've known since 94 when we played on a very underrated intramural basketball team, which he carried us in the middle. Um, podcast is phenomenal. The content, production, agenda, and the marketing are truly top top rope. Um, we talk about hundreds, you know, in my life. Geez. I struggled to maybe keep a girlfriend for a hundred days or last in the bedroom for a hundred minutes. Uh so hey guys out lasted Flair in seventy uh with those seventy seven days he held the uh WWE title uh from ninety two in that Royal Rumble in January. In Albany, New York, which is actually the last time I uh, had a girlfriend for uh over a hundred days and maybe lasted a hundred minutes. Uh up until uh losing there in WrestleMania eight uh to Randy Savage. But uh He outlasted uh, the legend in that regard, and I hope uh, to hear you guys for another another 100 years. Uh, So, with that in mind, uh, boys, girls, fans of all ages, top rope nation potties, when Kyle says on the podcast that that is another podcast for a different day, he's not lying, at TRP Kyle. Woo! And I'm out like the trash on a Thursday. What's up, guys? This is Joe Dorian. Uh, I just wanted to stop by and say Ryan, Justin, Kyle, from the bottom of my heart and soul, congratulations, Top Broke Nation, on 100 episodes. Uh, Outside of the times where you guys had me on, and I completely thank the quality of the show, the other 995 episodes have been stellar performances. Uh, You guys have become really my favorite wrestling podcast. You've become something I look forward to each and every week. Uh, so again, congratulations on hitting a hundred episodes, and uh, I can't wait for the next hundred. Keep up the good work,
3: guys. All right, guys, thank you for the kind words. We'll put some others in here in a little bit. I think we got eight or nine, eight or nine messages to share tonight, so we'll be coming on uh, throughout the broadcast. But as we we get to the agenda tonight, I do want to say uh, again, if you're listening on iTunes, Stitcher spotify tune in radio subscribe leave a rating as i talked about a minute ago helps show out a lot check out topropenation.com we've got links there to all of our merchandise our shopping links that's a good way to support the show and lastly patreon.com top rope nation each and every week we live stream as we record that is exclusive to patrons of the show one dollar a month gets you our live stream every week you get the show a day before the general public and then we have a five dollar tier and until the end of June, so until June 30th, if you sign up for our $5 tier, not only will you get the live stream every week, not only do you get Top Rope Nation Classics, which we are recording, uh, I think, this weekend, hopefully, Bash at the Beach 96, our review of that old show, Top Rope Nation Extra, where each and every month we will be reviewing the pay-per-view broadcast. Those those two podcasts are ex- exclusive to Patreon. You will also get a free Top Rope Nation t-shirt mailed to you if you sign up at the $5 tier. So think of it this way. You sign up for 5 bucks, you get a t-shirt, you get the exclusive content. You can join us each and every week and see what this is all about. If you don't like it, cancel after a month. But I think this is a good way to see uh, what we're doing on Patreon. And I got to throw a shout out um, to our newest patron. He just signed up today, Sean Skelton. Thanks a lot for joining at the $5 tier. Sean will be getting a free t-shirt in the mail in the coming weeks. So thank you very much for that. So all the rest of you, if you want to join up, patreon.com slash top rope nation. All right. Uh, I think we are leading off with the Dean Ambrose slash John Moxley situation. I think Uh, that
0: would be a good place (laughs) to start, don't you?
3: Yeah, this is the big topic in wrestling right now. How could it not be? This is one of the most amazing interviews I have ever heard. Other than the interviews conducted here on Top Rope Nation, of <laughs> course, <laughs> one of the most amazing wrestling interviews I've ever heard uh, on the Chris Jericho Talk is Jericho podcast this week. Uh, I guess it was recorded just before Double or Nothing, and uh, the former Dean Ambrose Let's loose. It is a almost two-hour uh, behind-the-curtain look at everything that was wrong with his time in the WWE.
0: You know, it's, but as far as, like, the let loose, like, it was, and I'm not the first person to say this, it was far more measured than, like, CM Punk. Oh, yeah, yeah. For you sure. know, like, CM Punk, it was very much, like, um, you know, his love for the industry was dead, and he very much, you know, wanted to start some shit mm-hmm. with what he said. You know, Ambrose was grateful to his time. I mean, you know, he said he met his wife there, if nothing else. Um, But you know, I mean, yeah, his critiques and we'll get into this. I, I, you know, allow me to be the last to say, um, you know, this interview more or less was just a confirmation of a lot of stuff. We've heard about the WWE creative process. What did he say? It was fundamentally flawed or broken.
2: Mm -hmm.
3: He Uh, said multiple times on there, like Vince, your creative process sucks.
0: (laughs) mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And it's pretty jarring to hear a top guy say that.
3: Yeah. Uh, Justin, your initial reactions to the Dean Ambrose uh, John Moxley interview.
4: Yeah, kind of along the same lines. Is, uh it felt shocking, shocking, but at the same time it's like not really all that surprising, you know, it's all kind of stuff you'd expect. I guess the surprising stuff is that, you know, if, if a top guy like uh, John Moxley is and, and not only that, but like you have to say like what got him signed is is his promos and his character work and like czw and then you bring him in and you completely handcuff anything he can do with that creativity so it was just weird seeing somebody who you have to think has some sway in the company just get completely handcuffed yeah
3: I mean, he is a super creative guy. It was frustrating listening to him go through, like especially when he was injured, and he talked about how he kind of like regained his love for wrestling. And he's watching classic wrestling match. He's watching wrestling from all over the world, indies, every promotion you can think of. He's coming up with all these ideas of how he, he's he's going to pitch his return to Vince McMahon. He flies out to uh, Connecticut to personally meet with Vince to pitch his ideas, and they don't let him do any of that. They bring him back, and his his character is as boring as ever. And, you know, he was bored with it. I was bored with it as a fan. I always thought he could do a lot more than he was doing on TV because I had seen his indie work before he joined WWE. And so for me, Ambrose was always kind of one of the more disappointing people in the WWE. And that was not his fault. It was how he was being used. And it really struck me how a lot of what Ambrose said or Moxley said in the interview was like. The stuff that fans always complain about and like what they think is wrong with the WWE, he basically confirmed almost everything. Like everything that fans yeah. think is accurate. That's exactly what's happening. Everything's overproduced, everything's overscripted. Vince has his hands on everything, and that's one of the big problems in the company. Uh, I mean, anything in particular, Kyle, that he shared mm-hmm. that really uh, jarred yeah. you the most?
0: Yeah, yeah, there, there's one. I, I want to say this. You know, it's going to be interesting moving forward. And I, I think a lot of this, um, we were talking about this via text, the three of us, you know, um, based on how uh, Moxley performs at AEW moving forward, is that going to lead us all? And if he does well, um, it probably should lead to kind of a critical reevaluation of him in WWE because, you know, the reality is if you're really miserable at your job, you're not going to perform well, no matter how talented or not talented you may be. Mm -hmm. And, you know, maybe... And this is something I want to get into momentarily. Maybe there are a lot of others like that too. In yeah. That film. Like, but I mean, you know that. But the most jarring thing for me is, um, you know, the three of us were texting at some point this week while WWE TV was going on. I can't even remember if it was Raw or Smackdown. But you know, the, listening to Moxie to talk, I, I think that, again, jarring is actually a word I had in my notes. Is that Vince and maybe others internally don't see the processes being broken which is kind of sad you know when we were texting you know you were like you were kind of aghast ryan almost like you're this is wwe's answer to double or nothing (laughs) and i responded to you you know maybe they just don't care you know they've got these large guaranteed revenue streams coming in okay fine somebody else put on a good wrestling show big whoop this is what we're doing you know, and I'm thinking myself like, all right, maybe they're just like, whatever, this isn't good, but whatever. We're just going to do business as usual. But like, listening to Moxie, like, you know, the the infamous line now, oh, this is good shit. And then, you know, he told the story of like producers high-fiving um, after one of the episodes during where the, the feud with him and Rollins was featured. And I thought that feud, you know, I was pretty critical of it at the time on the show, Then I thought it was a disaster. Um, that that's kind of sad yeah. that like you could look at this creative process and the results it has produced over the last couple of years and, and think it's good. Especially Vince McMahon. They're so I mean, out of touch. Like, yeah. I, I mean, I mean, and, and you know, I mean, it does start with Vince and, and a thing too, is we should note, and he kind of looks and anyone who knows anyone, if you know, anyone in creative, you're aware of this. A lot of the, we you know we are oh, these writers, they're just as unhappy as anybody. They, I think, I think there's a lot of, there are a lot of people in the building who know, this ain't good, man. We're not putting on a good product. Yeah. We, 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 but like for Vince McMahon to like, oh, this is good shit and to be like proud of some of the stuff, given some of the things he's done in the past. I mean, just say what you will about Vince McMahon. I mean, he has been, he is a successful businessman. You know, whether or not he should be more successful, whatever, that's a different podcast for a different day. I mean, he's had success in this industry. For him to, you know, be happy with this current product is is quite frankly depressing. Yeah, I shouldn't say they're
3: out of touch, it's it's Vince that's out of touch because everything goes through Vince. Uh, Moxley gets into that in the interview, and oh. he talks about times where he's talking to like a writer. And he's like, I'm going to do what? And then like the writer will admit like, yeah, it sucks.
0: Like, I know it sucks, <laughs> but there's nothing okay. he can do about it. Yeah. Did you guys, when you guys were listening to the interview, did the thought cross your mind? And this has crossed my mind before I even listen to the interview. Why are there so many writers and producers? I mean, I, we know why there are just because it's the way they do it, but it really makes no sense. Mm-hmm. And a, a big takeaway I had is, you know why there's no semblance of long-term booking in this company? Because everybody's fighting over a shitty promo that the talent doesn't want to cut. Yeah. You know, like they're so focused on like, it's like the old expression, you don't see the forest for the trees. Mm-hmm. They're So busy, you know, trying to get this tree to look good. And everyone thinks it sucks that, you know, six months from now, you don't realize, you know, this forest is makes no sense.
4: You know, well, yeah, the other way, the other way to look at it is to use a wrestling term. I think everybody's trying to get their shit in. And you know if if you do that in a wrestling match it's probably not going to be very good or coherent or tell a story yes and that's that's what's happening with uh i think the writers
0: too many cooks in the kitchen is a another expression i have down here in my notes Mm -hmm. and we talked about that in the wrestlemania build where you could see um that um there were a lot of voices in the room and while you know at the end you know when WrestleMania was over, maybe they got into the right space, right spot with, you know, some of the baby faces going over, but man, the path they went to get there, it was confusing. And it was probably a byproduct of a lot of people. Like somebody has an idea and then maybe somebody else points out a flaw in that idea. And then that flaw is addressed in a way that the person who originally came up with the video wouldn't have done. And you're just, you got a big mess.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: Uh, we've talked about like the promos and how they're, they're scripted for these guys. Like basically word for word anymore he talks about in the interview how like when you're in with triple h you have a little more freedom and we know some guys have more freedom than others with their promos but there's a there's a story he tells you know he talks a lot about getting language changed in his promos but he just gets so frustrated because i mean they have they have writers that never come to tv too that are you know in offices somewhere that he's never met and he talks about like why am i having some guy i've never met write my words for me he's like I know how to cut a wrestling promo and he gets to the point where he's thinking like what are we even doing here why do you even want me in the company like I've I've wrestled before I got to WWE I know how to draw people to a building I know what to say I know how to get the fans interested and yet I have no freedom to do that we've got these this writing staff doing it for me and they're not doing a good job at it I thought that was pretty jarring and truthful I also thought at one point he kind of alludes to the fact that they don't even have freedom with the matches. Like it almost sounds like the matches are overscripted scripted too.
0: That's, and that's, I, I didn't get that.
3: Yeah. There's one point where he talks about um, how he's looking forward to wrestling in AEW. Cause he can wrestle, you know, whatever style he wants to. And if I'm not mistaken, he says something about like, even the matches from the producers, they tell you how to wrestle like that. That's overscripted too. Yeah. I, I always figured like they're given a finish and they're kind of, they're helped by the, pr- the backstage producers on how to get to the finish, but it almost sounded like the matches are over.
0: to well, I me, mean, you know, come to think of it, I mean, what's a common complaint I always have? And I think we all have, many people have. The WWE style is very much plug and play. Mm-hmm. And that's like kind of a problem with it. It's like, okay, like, you know, and, and it, this actually goes beyond just WWE, it's a problem. Remember, I, mean, I was talking about that Hangman Page Pock match last week, how I really just viewed it kind of as an average 2019 wrestling match with a bad finish. You know, it's Mm -hmm. kind of, um, you know, there's not a lot of originality in the ring and wrestling today. And that's especially true in WWE where it's like, you know, okay, we're gonna, you know, kick out of finishers, you know, a lot of near falls, you know, everyone kind of works the same style and it sort of just becomes emotionless and boring and not unique. Yeah.
3: Uh, Justin, anything else from the interview that stood out to you that was surprising or enlightening?
4: No, not really. We kind of covered everything. I guess the one thing was like uh, he uh, specifically talked about giving or he was given a script with the word pooper scooper in it. (laughs) And and he knew that, you know, he's no way he's going to say that. But he knew he had to get that rewritten before Vince saw it because if Vince sees pooper scooper. He's going to have to say it. And that just. Pretty, ah, great. pretty telling. Yeah. yeah. Pretty telling as to how out of touch Vince is.
0: There was one thing actually in there, and it's funny. I caught, not a lot of people talked about it initially in their reaction to the podcast I saw on Twitter, but um, Meltzer and Alvarez actually picked up on it, of all people. Um, and they had the same thought I did. The EC3 story, he told mm-hmm. it's toward the end of the podcast, and he's talking about how he was working with EC3 at the house shows and he was supposed to be a heel and he was getting cheered um, and EC3 was supposed to be the baby face he was getting booed. Um, I'm interested to know if you guys had the same reaction. I'm listening to this. I actually remember I was in my garage when that, and the light bulb went off on my head. I said, oh my God, is that why management soured on EC3? Because like the crowd was booing him against Ambrose. And Meltzer and Alvarez uh, on Wrestling Observer Radio yesterday had the same exact thought. Meltzer, like, was, like, confirming, like, oh, no, that's true. Like, like he somehow has gotten some secondhand story of that, that, yeah, that's that's why. And it makes sense, the timeline. I mean, because when you think about an EC3 is, like, you know, everyone's like, oh, and Vince gets a look at this guy. He's going to push him to the moon. Like, what could have gone wrong? You know, was like, what's gone wrong with this guy? Mm-hmm. That, you know, in their world makes sense, which is, again, sad. Um, to so put a bow on it. And we were talking about this via text, too. You know, ripping WWE creative is the easy part. I think we all agree on what the problems are. But what about the solution? And the solution is, you know, Moxley now has to deliver an AEW. We've already seen him get the superstar reaction. And, and by the way, <laughs> seeing a guy show up at a different promotion doesn't that really hammer home something I said on the program maybe a month, a couple times last month? What a sham this superstar shakeup is! Yeah. You know, it's like, oh, we're gonna, you no, know, this guy's gonna get moved from Raw to SmackDown. He's gonna get a nice fresh coat of paint on him. It's gonna be all like he's, you know, it's like the old days when they move territories. Come on, <laughs> come on, you know. So again, superstar shakeup better in theory than in practice. But, you know, he, if uh, Moxley, you always want to say Ambrose, I'm going to be fighting that the next couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. But he got the superstar reaction. If he continues to come across as a star and do good work, again, what a signal that would be to guys at WWE who feel they aren't being used correctly. You know, yeah. we, we always hear sometimes from the WWE, oh, or, you know, there's this debate about that. Is it the creative or, or maybe some of these guys are just not that good? You know, we hear that, like, you know, okay, well, the creative's not that good, but is this guy that good anyway? Like, if his you know, is he really a big star, even if he had good creative? And, and we've already seen, and we're going to touch on this, I know, momentarily, one, what I would call major indictment of WWE creative, that being vis-a-vis Cody versus Dustin match. Oh, yeah. So you compare what they did at double or nothing to what the match they had at Fastlane 2015, it, to be honest with you, if you're AEW, you know, I thought this immediately when that match was over, and somebody else made this point on Twitter. Okay, if I'm AEW and I'm trying to sell, and I want like maybe a group of if I'm trying to attract some undercard guys from WWE to join, I show them Cody and Dustin at double or nothing. I'm like, this and, and like this is what we can do for you. Look at what we were doing there, and then show them the fast lane match. Mm-hmm. Or show do it in reverse, maybe. I don't know. Um, that's why they're running the promotion. I'm not. But, you know, I mean, that's night and day. So so that's the big thing. Ripping out, you know, Moxley now, okay, we all agree what he's saying is true. Uh, but you know, now he's gotta go out and deliver. That's another important uh important part of the puzzle, certainly.
3: Yeah. Well, it is well worth the listen. So yes. we don't often uh we don't often say, Hey, go listen to this podcast on here, but if there's one wrestling podcast that's gonna do more downloads than us this week, talk is Jericho is yeah, worth I, it for this. Interview.
0: I was just really entranced for like whatever it was an hour, the hour and a half or whatever. I mean, I could not stop. A lot of times, you know, like an hour and a half podcast, you can't make it through in one sitting. I, I couldn't stop. I absolutely blazed through the whole hour and a half. Yeah. All
3: right. So we're going to switch gears to AEW. Before we do that, let's hear from some more of our listeners who called in to uh, talk about our 100th episode.
2: Hey guys, Derek here. Just want to wish you a congratulations on one 100 episodes. That is a great achievement for any podcast. Folks, Ryan, Justin, and Kyle are great people. They put on a great podcast talking professional wrestling, not just WWE, but professional wrestling. I got to hang out with these guys WrestleMania weekend last year, and we had a blast. Tons of beers were drank. I got to sit next to Kyle and really Watch him take in a pro wrestling show and sitting there at Evolve next to him was a lot of fun. And getting to hang out with Ryan Justin all day, drinking beer, was a great time. Folks, this is a great podcast. Support them on Patreon. Subscribe on iTunes. Do whatever you can to help these guys out. They put on a great show. Congratulations, guys. 100 episodes. I love you guys with all my heart and soul. And Bill Goldberg sucks. This is Liam O'Rourke, author of Crazy Like a Fox, the definitive chronicle of Brian Pillman 20 years later, and more importantly today, a former two-time guest on Top Rope Nation. And I'm here to congratulate you on 100 episodes, and for largely being a beacon of hope in an otherwise destitute wasteland of online wrestling coverage. When it comes to wrestling podcasts, most are awful, some are okay, and only a few are actually worth listening to, and you fit in that class. So I'm very, very glad that you guys have made it this far. So to Justin, who I missed on both of my appearances, to Ryan, who has an exquisite taste in Bloody Marys, and to my longtime friend Kyle Ross, who after all these years is still always right, on behalf of all the listeners, we love this show with all our heart and soul. Here's to the next 100. Alright, and
3: uh, there you heard from our good buddy Liam O'Rourke. Love that comment, Liam. glad you enjoyed the Bloody Mary at the hash house in vegas guys if you didn't check out liam at starcast over AEW weekend in uh, las vegas he was part of a panel on the life of brian pillman i don't know if you guys had a chance to see it or not i watched it very good stuff check it out um it is available through fight tv did you guys get a chance to talk to liam uh well, last week uh, uh, here and there like a little since he bit went, yeah.
0: since he, since he went
3: Oh, not since he went. I was talking oh. to him. Uh, I talked to him on DMs yeah, he, on Twitter
0: a little bit while he was there. Okay. Oh, no. Yeah, he mentioned that. Oh, he told me something funny. I'll tell you off fair.
3: Okay. <laughs> I, I definitely want to get him on the show again here yeah. pretty soon to maybe talk about the experience. But, uh, yeah, check that out. He was at StarCast, Liam's good friend of the show and has supported us ever since the very beginning. So, appreciate that uh, awesome voicemail he left us. So A man that I believe is England's second-best
0: writer next to Liam Shakespeare. there you go (laughs) recently passed sir arthur conan doyle
3: it's legit man we we reviewed the book with him the first time he's on the show i've said this many times that brian pillman book he wrote is one of my all-time favorite wrestling books highly recommend so AEW, uh obviously we're a few days past double or nothing and uh, we talked about doing a post show we just didn't get around to scheduling it at a good time but uh from this point forward we will be doing pay-per-view, pay-per-view reviews of uh, all the shows, A-W-W-W-E, exclusively to Patreon. So that's another reason to support us on Patreon. I know on our regular feed here, our uh, pay-per-view post shows in the past have been among our most downloaded shows. So if you want to get those for every show, uh, patreon.com slash nation. But... It's been a few days. I thought we should still address it a little bit as far as, you know, what is, what's the state of AEW coming out of this show? Because last week, all we did was talk AEW. The pressure was on to put on a good show. And they and delivered.
0: They definitely delivered. They I over-delivered. Awesome. I mean, I mean, what a mark in their favor, you know, given all that. We talked about that. that was the big theme of our show last week. Pressure's on. Yeah. And not only did they deliver, they hit a home run.
3: Yeah. Uh, Justin, you came over to my place to watch the show enjoyed a few adult beverages as we uh, enjoyed AEW. what what were your uh reactions after the show i mean i know we talked about it but tell the listeners what did you think of the show
4: oh loved it uh, i was get, i got a little worried at first which is kind of ridiculous because like first was it, three or four matches i was like okay this is this is fine i mean nothing huh. it's really special um but then what actually what really started pulling me in was the uh three on three ladies match because that was something i had never seen before um and i gotta say i just love it when they're going for a pinfall and the other team will go and just like try and hold back the the uh the opponent's team Mm -hmm. because they all just kind of freeze frame it's just it's ridiculous and i love it yeah uh and then like man cody and dustin reminded me boy if you if you bleed and you use it properly in the right match in the right storyline That just adds so much to uh, a wrestling match. Um, And then, yeah, you know, the the tag team match was fantastic. Uh, Phoenix is just a stud. Uh, Mm -hmm. And then, you know, the end was great. I thought the Jericho Omega was a little underwhelming, uh, but the end was good.
3: Yeah. And you called that one. You were leaning towards picking Jericho. (laughs) You -hmm. should never listen to me and Kyle on these prediction shows, Justin. Done
4: doing that. Done doing that.
3: uh, It was. Yeah, go ahead, Kyle.
0: No, no, I wanted you to finish because I'm. I'm, Yeah, I was gonna go long form there. Okay. Well, I was I was just
3: gonna say I thought I thought the show started pretty average. The pre-show didn't impress me that much, and then I thought like maybe the first hour or so was it was okay, but it was nothing special. But man, then they ramped it up, and the last couple hours of that show were awesome. Like Justin said, I I enjoyed the tag team match a lot. Love the Young Bucks. Thought that was a great match. Maybe it went a little long if you want to get really critical, but uh, it was a really good match. I loved Dusty, or Dusty, Dustin, and uh, Cody. Thought that was a great match. I like the main event, too. Um, yeah, I thought I thought they did everything that they needed to do. I can kind of see where they're going, where uh, if you have Jericho against Hangman Page for the AEW title, you know this puts Hangman in there with an established star to make him legitimate. And uh creates another star, like everyone thinks Kenny's legitimate right now. So I mean that that ramps up uh hangman page's character a little bit, so I can kind of understand why they went that direction. So uh Kyle, give me your long form thoughts here.
0: Okay. So interested to hear that both of you were a little underwhelmed early on. Yeah. Because I actually texted a buddy after the best friends tag. Uh
3: Sorry, I had yeah, my crack a crack beer to this. No, I
0: hear you. I'm very upset that, by the way, I'm done already. Um, <laughs> and my beer is like three floors down. But um, I texted my buddy Chad. I was like, "Is modern wrestling for me?" Because I was seeing people on Twitter like keep a lot of praise on the first couple pay per view matches, and I'm like, "These were fine, but like, I they weren't like blowing me away or like." engaging me emotionally i was just like they're fine um i actually thought the first women's match uh, with, with Rick baker was probably the most wwe-ish thing on the show in the sense they had you know the late addition to the match with Austin yeah. Kong, done by the authority figure we had shots of the authority figure that being brandy throughout the match so you know but you know like you guys justin put up It was the Joshi match that really all of a sudden was like, okay, this is different.
3: That was awesome.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And and they did scribble the finish, but that's okay. And then Cody and Dustin, you know, I I talked about how into those promos that they did um, beforehand. And, you know, and what what did I talk about last week with AEW? What I wanted from this promotion. I want a promotion that can get me excited about something and then deliver on it. You know, that's what's missing. Like WWE can give us good matches sometimes, but we didn't really care going in. You know, like Seth and AJ, for example, or something like that. Cody and Dustin, I was anticipating it. And I'm going to say this right now. This is my match of the year right now. Um, I'm backlogged in Japan. I'm not going to sit here and lie about that. So maybe I'll discover something. But I think the biggest mark in this match's favor is how hard it is to draw universal praise from all corners of the internet in 2019. I mean, think about it. Somebody like, you know, you hear something hyped and then almost instantly or, you know, somewhat instantly or at some point, people will start giving you some blowback. There'll be another, core. oh, well, let me tell you why it's not the greatest thing, to slice bread. Everyone loves this match.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And like, I've got a pretty carefully curated timeline on Twitter and like everybody, Jim Cornette, Dave Meltzer, you know, different people who review matches that I follow. Everybody loves this match. It's the best, not only the best Cody Rhodes match ever, it's the best Dustin singles match ever. And he did it at age 50. Yeah.
4: Hello. They, they did such a great job of it. It felt kind of old and fresh at the same time. Like it, that match was a lot of just punches. And then, like, out of nowhere, they'd break out. And I'm sorry, I'm the worst wrestling fan. I don't know what the move is called. But I know John Cena tried it for a while. Uh, Like, the little sunset flip slam thing that Dustin Rhodes broke out of nowhere. Oh, the Canadian Um, Destroyer. mm -hmm. Thank you. So, it was just a perfect mixture of of old and new.
0: Yeah. And and it was a brawl. And the post-match problem. Let's talk about this. You know, people, it was... If you don't know, it was heavily borrowed from Dusty on WCW Saturday night in 1994. A promo he delivered to Dusty, which is like one of my like probably top five favorite promos ever. So when he started cutting it, I started just chopping my buddy next to me. I said, "Holy <laughs> fuck, he's stealing from the 1995. I I just started losing it. I uh,
3: I'd need to watch another show with you, Kyle
0: Ross. <laughs> yeah. <is> so, awesome. <laughs> um, it, that that's not on the network if you've never seen it before. But if you you know just want to Google, just Google uh, Dusty and Dustin Rhodes, WCW Saturday Night '94. It'll come up. It is other than like Ric Flair's returned to Nitro in 98 and Bret Hart's, you know, exclamation point on the heel turn the night after Mania 13. I cannot think of a promo I like more in wrestling history than that one dusty cut. Um, so,
4: oh, for anybody okay. trying to look it up, I, I believe it's uh The View Never Changes.
0: Yes, The View Never Changes, yes, The View Never Changes. Yes, a real pot shot at Art Anderson actually. Something like that. Um, like the only criticism, no, it is actually. It feels like, um The only, and it's really minor, okay, criticism I would have is that Cody's character seems to fluctuate back and forth from face to heel. Like, he worked the match as a heel, mm-hmm. but like the whole thing with him destroying the throne and doing the shot at Triple H, that's a baby face move for that crap. Now, I'm not going to criticize it because it, it worked, it all worked. You know, his work in the match worked. Um, you know, some people thought it was Bush League, the throne thing. It drew a pop from the crowd. So, you know, and if you're a WWE, it, first of all, this fucking tribalism that has erupted on Twitter.com needs to stop, and I mean right now. Like, I'm not a like I'm a fan of good wrestling. I'm not a fan like when WCW was better than WWF in nineteen ninety six, do you think I gave a shit? that I grew up watching WWF. No. So like this whole tribalism thing, like people like and WWF, what are they lying on all the time? DX going to Norfolk mm-hmm. and invading Nitro. Yes. So don't tell me that pot shots are out of bounds. Okay. I, for the record, I laughed at Triple H's pissant comment at the Hall of Fame. I have no problem with that. It, amu- it all amuses me. As long as like you're not doing it at the expense of getting over your own people on your own TV. I have zero problem with it. So that would be my only, but yeah, this is my match of the year so far. I thought it was just absolutely tremendous. Uh, what a performance by Dustin Rhodes at age 50. Again, can't say it enough. The Young Bucks, I love that match too. Um, I know they can be divisive to some people. Um, Are they the best tag team in the world? I'll answer that question with a question. Does it matter? Because uh,
3: ma- I think it matters for AEW because they're going to capitalize on tag team wrestling. Okay. Okay. Hold on, though.
0: They're viewed as stars and they work a unique style. So it actually doesn't. So here's my point. I don't think it actually matters if they truly are like critics like us, if they truly are the best. Hey, if you think the Usos or the whatever, it doesn't matter. Sometimes, and here's the key people need to realize this doesn't apply just to wrestling, it applies to a lot of life. You can convince enough people that a narrative is true. It doesn't matter if it actually is. Mm-hmm. And so like, if people like buy into them, if, they, if they're promoted as such, and they continue to come across the stars working their unique style. I know it's not a style for everybody. I know Jim Cornette aids, but it doesn't matter if they're the best team or not. If you could convince people they are, then they're gonna be fucking really effective.
3: Here, let me ask you guys something. So. When we talk about success and what makes a wrestler the greatest of all time, we often say, oh, like the work rate of the matches in the end, it doesn't matter. It's all about drawing money, right? Yes. Isn't that what comes up all the time? Yes. Couldn't you make the argument now that the Young Bucks are the greatest tag team in the history of professional wrestling? Because when it comes to drawing money, they got a company started. They got one of the richest, what, one of the richest 100 men in the United States or something to fund a new wrestling company. that got on TNT all because they promoted a show in Chicago last year that drew over 10,000 fans. They have this Being the Elite YouTube series that is incredibly popular. Are they the greatest tag team of all time by that definite? Haven't they technically drawn more
0: money than any tag team ever I don't, I don't, I Road Warriors would come to mind. Yeah, the well, they didn't get they didn't
3: get a company started though. That's, well, that's why I'm I'm just trying uh, to bring that like, in. I mean, every
0: company wanted them, and they the,
4: they were just a slice of the pie too. It wasn't it was. like just the Young Bucks, but yeah, I, I agree. Uh, I'll I'll co-sign uh, on
0: what.
3: Justin I don't know said. about that. I don't know. I mean, they used everything they used to get the company started was the Young Bucks creation. Like being the elite is the Young Bucks deal, and that's where. success came from that's where the following comes from
0: the bottom line is the fact that we're having this conversation about them is a gigantic mark in their favor like i said it actually i'll go back to my point the answer your question is irrelevant if they get people to believe it it doesn't matter what i say actually if they if enough people believe that they're the best tag team in the world then more power to
3: them yeah let me put it this way so the young bucks i think unquestionably at this point are the best, uh, the best run tag team of all time. The best businessmen tag team wrestlers of all time. I mean, they've been making seven figures reportedly on their own for years. Through the, they have some of the best merch you can find outside of WWE and have for a number of years with the YouTube channel. I mean, there's never been a tag team in the history of wrestling that have done what they have done.
0: It's very unique, bar. Yes, it's very unique the way they've the marketed.
3: Now you couldn't you couldn't have done this in the '80s. That's the flip side of this. Like the yeah. Road Warriors, there was no YouTube. <laughs> you know, they there uh, wasn't it, a market yeah. for a new wrestling company. <laughs> they, they, they just they were just two big ass <laughs> that came out the Iron Man. <laughs> yeah, I mean there wasn't there wasn't the market for that to start a new company either at that time. So yeah, I, I understand there's flaws in the argument, but I just thought that might be a topic though, because when it comes to drawing money, hell, they got the Con family. <laughs> to start a whole new company and yeah yeah it's, there was other people involved in, in that like kenny and, and cody and everything but it all comes down to the young bucks and i they use their vehicle to to get everything over so yeah it's pretty crazy when you think about it
0: a couple more things i wanted to note on with this show uh, a guy who this was kind of an ancillary performance but i think it certainly deserves some praise mjf what a heel this guy is
3: i was going to bring that up because the bret hart segment was legit, legitimately a huge surprise to everyone. What a perfect way to unveil your world championship, and then MJF coming out there—he didn't miss a beat. This guy, didn't we see him? Was he at the Progress Show last year that we went to? Yeah, he was in the Battle
4: Royal. We saw.
3: Yeah, and he—we were super impressed. I had never really seen much of him before that last year during Mania Weekend. We're like, this guy is awesome. Like he cut some great heel promos, and when he came out. During that Brett segment, I mean Brett could hardly keep a straight
0: face. The guy yeah, is so good. Yes. So when when he mocked Brett's the, the best there is, best there was, best there will be thing. It's funny you noted that because I did too. Brett Brett's little smirk that he did to that, like they make yeah. the camera cut to Brett. <laughs> Brett kind of had this smirk him. I took that as a complete endorsement. Oh yeah. Yeah. What like he was Like I he's like, all right, I kinda of like this guy. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and like, I mean, for MJF, I mean, here's a guy, you know. What an opportunity he was given. And he knocked it out of the park. I mean, you know, how, we've seen guys, you know, who it's, hey, it's their first big opportunity. You know, he, you know here, Bret Hart, I mean, one of the all-time greats, you know, and we're, we're having you come out here to confront him. And and this guy, MJF, just hits it out of the damn park. My hat's off to him. He's, he's and what unbelievable. And star. Yeah, he's he is fantastic. Oh, so the title picture justin did want to pick jericho and something i brought up last week i i noted i think becomes really important moving forward chris jericho has an iwgp title match coming on the horizon right mm-hmm. i think jericho's the inaugural aew champion okay it makes a lot of sense to have because you're paying him a lot of money you know it, when we go back because oh, you know we were thinking ryan well, Omega, you want to make him a star. You don't have him lose out of the gate, but the casual fan that you're hoping to attract is didn't see that show. They didn't see him lose, and you're paying Jericho a lot of money, right? Yeah. To be this promotion, you got to get value. You know, you got to get the value out of him. So I think there is value in him as the inaugural champion. You can have Omega, Moxley, Heyman, Page, and Cody all chasing him at first, and I got to say something. Okay, if this Chris Jericho is able to politic and maybe politics is the wrong word, but whatever, to a simultaneous reign as IWGP and AEW champion, because I mean that's the thing. If he's gonna if he's slated to win the AEW title, is he gonna want to lose to Okada? Hmm. We need to think about that. If Chris Jericho pulls that off. I will take anything negative back I ever said about this man, and we will do a two-hour tribute to him <laughs> because my hat's off to you, Chris. You truly are the best in the world if you can pull that off.
4: Do we know when that title match is? The, I- the IWGP uh,
0: Dominion. Yeah, yeah. It's what it's it's next. It's a few it's weeks. Like
3: June ninth or June. Yeah, 9th,
0: it's, uh, yeah. It's like less than two weeks from now. Ten
4: yeah. days. Yeah, I'm gonna and uh, him winning at zero.
3: And Moxley is working New Japan a couple days before that at yeah. the uh, best of the super juniors finals in uh okay. sumo hall in Tokyo okay. against uh, juice Robinson.
0: Okay. I mean, to your point, Justin, Justin is the man who gets the picks, right? So that's scary right there. He gave Jericho's ch- chances at none, but like, is it, is there something to that? Like, like if he's going to be the first AEW champion, okay. You can say, well, the casual audience, they don't give a rat's ass. What happens to Japan? But, core audience does yeah
3: i thought it was funny or am I,
0: wrong? Or, I mean or do they go with hangman page i don't know if that would be the right call i don't know why you would go with because i don't know why you would go with hangman page instead of kenny well there's... i get why you would go with jericho but i don't get why you would go hangman page over kenny some people are like oh well hangman page could be like their homegrown star to the yeah. casual fan
2: Kenny Omega
0: can be their homegrown stuff, can be homegrown. They they don't know, yeah. You know, I mean, I know Kenny's a big star in wrestling right now, but to only people who watch wrestling.
4: Is, is there any kind of, God, I'm not going to think of the word here, but putting it on Jericho to the casual fan, does that really feel all that big beans that like he was the champion of the second tier title in New Japan and he's basically been a, Mid to top mid Carter in WWE for years now.
2: Yeah, there is an I'll argument
0: WWE light. Yeah. yeah, there there is an argument to be made there too. I, that's a very good point. There, people are gonna be like, oh, they're just like you know, any refugee from WWE can come here and get the title. Mm. Okay, you know, I don't know.
3: Well, I I don't think there's any chance of him winning it unless New Japan and AEW work out some kind of cooperation agreement, which they don't have right now. Yeah, Yeah.
0: Yeah. where he—I mean, obviously, yes—if he were to do that, like he would job them. There, there'd be an agreement that he would. Well, it's
3: it's interesting though because like the New Japan comments have been that they have no agreement at this time, and it's like I feel like New Japan is going to get to a point they have to make a talent share agreement with AEW because. Have you noticed the interest in New Japan and how much it's fallen off? At least here in North America, uh, you know, ever since the AEW situation arose. I mean, there is—they have the show kind of coming up in Dallas, this G1 show, and it is not moving tickets. I mean, ever you take you take the uh, North American stars off the brand and the the interest that was growing in New Japan for all these years over here is really not there. I mean, they need that relationship. Yeah. Well, and-
0: Meltzer was really intimating on uh, wrestling as a radio that He thinks John Moxley is going to work the G One.
1: So interesting. I thought, kind of, yeah. Yeah, I thought
0: that was kind of interesting because he he picked up. I get you know I don't know what he knows. That's the thing. I mm-hmm. don't know what he knows. But like he was like citing this comment box. Like, oh, I want to do some things that are out of my comfort zone. And he kept saying, Oh, well, we're more out of anyone's comfort zone than the G One. You know what's the toughest thing in wrestling is working the G One.
3: Yeah. All right. Well, we will see what lays in the weeks ahead for AEW. But I thought it was a hot start. I'm super pumped about it. It's good to feel like I hadn't been that excited to watch a wrestling show in a long time. And I thought it delivered and I have went back and already watched some of it a second time. So, yeah, I am. I am. I'm thrilled with AEW looking forward to their next uh, show at the end of June. So
4: something
0: that needs. OK, so here's something to keep in mind though, moving forward. Um, everyone was fresh going to that show you yeah. know guys have been rested they had not been working a lot and they were able to go you know a full 100 on that show once the weekly tv starts up it's something interesting to see
3: that will be the real test for sure especially creatively so yes um before we switch gears and, and talk nxt here to kind of wrap things up this week play a few more uh, voicemails that were left for us from the listeners take it away Hello, Top Rope Nation podcast. My name is Jeremiah from the Nerf for Free podcast. And I just
1: want to say congratulations on your 100th episode. As a matter of fact, I actually done a 50th episode of my podcast as well. And I just want to say uh, congratulations on the milestone. I know for a fact that I have uh, a lot of, of work to do. I know that we all have a lot of work to do. And I just want to say keep it up. And hopefully we will see you on the 200th episode of the Top Rope Nation podcast. So keep it up, guys. Keep up the good work. Thank you. Have a blessed day. Top Rope Nation. It's CVV Chris Van Vliet congratulating you on your 100th episode. That's incredible. That's certainly 100 episodes more than I've done. Here's to 100 more. Then a hundred more after that. And then a hundred more after that. And you get the point.
3: Congrats guys. All right. So we heard from Chris Van Vliet there, guys. That was awesome. Uh, CVV. He was on the show a couple months ago. And actually, I think ironically he was on the show when the news broke that Dean Ambrose was leaving WWE. And we kind of debated on that show, whether it was a work or legitimate. And we all thought it was legitimate um, at the time, I believe. And uh, man, I'm grateful the Chris Van Vliet called in cause he was one of our best guests we've had on the show. And I see uh big things on the horizon for him. Always doing great wrestling interviews. Uh, he had a really funny one with, uh, MJF. We're just talking about MJF. He interviewed him recently and, uh, that's His a good latest
0: one is with TJP.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Just so rough. he is doing big things. Uh, I would not be shocked to see him hired in the future by a wrestling promotion. Cause he is an excellent broadcaster and, uh, Doing a lot in the wrestling world right now so thanks for the shout out mr van vliet very much appreciate it and uh we're gonna switch gears here to nxt so before we get to the preview for nxt takeover and pick the winners for saturday night a quick talk on nxt where is the brand at right now i think over the course of this podcast when we started the podcast the brand was super hot uh then they went through kind of a down period at least for nxt a down period I feel like the brand has really rebuilt itself at this point and is incredible again. Uh, Justin, where would you say NXT is at right now for you?
4: Oh man. Um, it definitely feels like there's, there's change coming. I don't know what that change is. if, If it's, change for wrestlers because we've got some guys that have been there for quite a while like in in the old nxt some of these guys would be gone already um so it's going to be interesting to see if it actually becomes more of a brand especially when you have tyler breeze coming back and uh it sounds like he's just he's an nxt superstar now um maybe undisputed era sticks in nxt for another couple years you know uh it's just going to be interesting to see if it becomes a more long-term home for some of these wrestlers since it's not really a 100% developmental brand anymore.
3: Oh, well, you want to talk about a brand split. This is the real brand split. I mean, this is a this is a place you can actually send people to freshen them up and give them something fresh where it actually does feel like a different brand. You know, Raw and SmackDown, they feel like the same thing. But when you go down to NXT, it is much, much different. So, Kyle, where, where are you at with uh, NXT right now?
0: Okay, well, you know, you, I uh, earlier in the show talked about your, you, Ryan, being somewhat aghast at uh, WWE's answer to double or nothing via Raw and SmackDown. Well, th- to me, this takeover show is, if there is going to be a quote unquote answer, Double or nothing. Well, WWE. God, I
3: hope so because I don't know it's if you saw show. WWE is advertising on television this week. They have a brand new McMahon segment coming. That's what they think is the answer
0: to oh, AEW. So. Well, who knows? But um so I guess I kind of have a little bit of a different view of NXT or something. I want to break. I guess I don't think either of you touched. On. I guess kind of a different approach to NXT. Okay. Um. Number one, I, I do feel there is a lack of buzz going into this 25th takeover. I don't know if that's has something to do with that. It's the first time in a long time. It's not a part of a full WWE weekend. You know, n- n- always it's grouped into a big four, you know, because of the money in the bank change. Um, you know, it, it's just a standalone for NXT this weekend. So I don't know if that has something to do with it or not. I think there's a lot of people who think NXT may have peaked. And I'm, a, I'm one of those people. Um, I want to raise this question here. We've said on this program that it was raised elsewhere. It might have been in that Bixens fan, Deadspin article. But, you know, people have referred to WWE as a whole as, quote, idiot proof when it comes to making money because of those large guaranteed revenue streams. I pose to you two the question, is NXT booking idiot proof? In the sense that the roster's very talented, the TV's very basic. All you have to do is announce a takeover match, have each guy kind of do one thing, and you're there. Like it's almost kind of a running joke where people like, oh, there's a you know, remember, oh, I didn't even, I forgot about takeover this week, or oh, you know, I haven't even been watching NXT TV, NXT TV. And then when takeover's done, everyone's like, Oh my god, that was like the best show. Yeah. So that's like kind of like it's kind of a rinse-repeat thing. Yeah. And I got to say something, man. You know, people are, are really critical of this main roster creative as they should be. Has NXT creative been that great for a while now? I, you know, I binged a lot of the TV this week. Um, I did not watch the go-home yet. Um, hopefully the hype has stepped up for that. <clears throat> the takeover hype, that is. And I'm really excited to watch this Kushida, Drew Gulak. I love Drew Gulak with all my heart and soul. But... You know, the creative for a while has been just kind of like blah. Like it just it just sort of relies on the fact that they've got a very talented roster and you put these guys against each other to take over and you know it's going to deliver.
4: I think they've always had times like that where the storytelling isn't there and they rely more on the uh, excitement of new stars or the potential of new stars. And I think they're in one of those periods. Okay, Could
0: If AEW really gets the storytelling element down, is that going to hurt NXT in the sense that, like, could you know, everyone's so focused on what AEW could do to the main roster of WWE. And, and, you know, I don't know. To me, I think that's still a long-term thing. AEW's got a long way to go till it, like, can affect the monster that is WWE. But, like that's not talked about enough in my opinion is the aew effect on nxt and you know like takeover you know obviously everyone's like oh my god nxt is just it's so much you know their kind of creative process it's so much better than the main roster oh my god nxt is so much better than the main roster well yeah i mean there's you know most wrestling is probably better than WWE main <laughs> roster, right so at least you know in the last couple of months but what if there's an alternative all of a sudden? And people are like, oh, maybe takeover isn't. NXT isn't the best thing. Because like to me, it's not that like the creative process is awesome at NXT. It's just sort of, you know, again, maybe it's idiot proof. It's pretty basic.
4: It's it's basically NXT is almost like the only territory where you have guys coming and going a lot, which that makes it feel fresh.
0: Yes. And th- that's huge. That is so huge compared to the main and-
4: roster. And I don't think as far as AEW is concerned, I don't think NXT is the one in danger. I think it's Ring of Honor.
0: Mm-hmm. Yes. For, yes, I would agree over, with that. Yes, 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 absolutely. I mean, I mean. in danger, I guess, let me clarify, in the arena of critical praise. I mean, NXT is obviously, I mean, it's, you know, I mean, people don't talk about this. NXT is not a moneymaker, okay? But it's, you know, supplemented by the WWE, so it's not going anywhere. But, like, in terms of the critical praise, you know, because what's this show on Saturday going to be compared to? Yeah, I mean, they're a week apart. It's going to be compared to Double or Nothing. Mm -hmm. And if it falls short, all of a sudden, the golden child of Triple H, you know, I'm interested to see. I'm interested to see.
4: I don't know. that when was the last time an NXT takeover disappointed? And like, even though there had this one doesn't have buzz, you know, you look at that card and there's, I mean, three matches there that could totally tear the house down easy. And that's really, I mean, when it comes down to it, that's all we really want from the, from nxt is for these takeovers to deliver because i think yeah. there's a lot of people that don't watch the show regularly oh yeah
0: yeah, yeah. And, 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 yeah i mean like god nxt uk i mean I, I think there's like you know it might be walter's mother and that's about it like,
3: I, mean, god <laughs> I think, was, you know, but, I think yeah. that's a great point justin because i think that uh i think there's a huge overlap between the nxt fans and the aw fans but i think a lot of those people don't watch the main roster too like i think a lot of the AEW fan base right now are the people super like frustrated with WWE, maybe have completely tuned out of WWE, but those people will watch NXT still because NXT gives them what they want in the ring between the ropes, and WWE doesn't give them that a lot because as we talked about earlier, it's a lot of the matches in WWE are the same thing. We've talked about in the past how you bring up guys from NXT to the main roster and they aren't allowed to do what made them great in NXT. The style gets toned down, but the, what happens in NXT is similar, like ring style to AEW, and I feel like there's a big overlap there. So the most vocal anti WWE AEW fans will still watch Takeover.
0: There's still some samezies stuff with NXT. They've got they've got a, their own little formulas in some way though, and I, I think Justin's right about next I, I, I we've talked about this before in the program. There is a massive gap between people watch main roster WWE and watch NXT, which I think is to be expected. I mean, it's way more massive than people realize. I mean, I, I just I think people love the takeovers, but you know, week to week, there's not a lot of discussion about the NXT TV show.
3: it's it's the hardcores that watch nxt and that watch AEW, and it's the more general audience that watches wwe and it's it's the general audience that wwe books their television shows for whereas nxt is aimed more at the hardcores because that's their audience
0: (laughs) (laughs) there's not really much of a casual audience though anymore
3: Well, that's true, but it's I mean, there, there is though. I mean, you just said it. Look at the numbers. The, the amount mm-hmm. of people that watch Raw versus the amount of people that watch NXT is drastically different. Yeah. So, it's the most hardcore audience. That yeah, I, I would
0: say it's almost like hardcores and most hardcores at this point. I mean, I just, you know, John down the street, I don't think just eh, you know, what's going on in Raw this week? I don't I don't know how much that happens. <laughs> yeah, true. Yeah. But, you know, I mean, I, you know, to be positive now, because I know we're going to talk about this, you know, when you look at the last, like, four years of wwe i think it's absolutely fair to say like 80 percent of the top matches have come from nxt and i know we're about to get into that
4: yeah we're ish. yeah we're gonna talk I, I, or... I would almost put that higher than 80 percent Oof. Uh, yeah,
0: i what? guess maybe i was being concerned i guess i mean i was just throwing, i mean i didn't want to be like ridiculous like 99 or like 100 i didn't want to do that i mean it may be it i mean because what i mean nxt if you go back um i love you know i don't have the uh, i don't have melzer site open right now how many years in a row has it been it probably goes back to 2015 where the top rated wwe match in the match that you're voting is from nxt not main ross yeah because i mean i've got you know some of these in here and i mean i've got matches from you know 2015 2016 2017 2018. And, you know, I, I struggled to think of better main roster matches from that year than what I've got laid out here on my list.
3: So what you're hinting at there is we're about to start a conversation of the top NXT TakeOver matches of all time. And we're going to parlay that into our TakeOver preview here. Mm-hmm. So guy, I guess we'll just throw it around the table. What are your favorite TakeOver matches of all time? This is kind of a historic TakeOver show. Uh, I thought a lot about this today, especially, and uh, it's super hard to pick an all-time favorite NXT the,
0: match because there's the I got top, so many. The top 10, if you, is sick.
4: Mm-hmm. Anyone want to start? <laughs> or do you, um, want, you guys want me to start? Well, I, I can tell you what my favorite is. Okay, go ahead. want to start there? Sure. Nakamura, Nakamura versus Sami Zayn at Dallas.
3: That's that's in my top five for sure. I think uh, I think I don't know. I've been going back and forth on this. The Dunn bait match from NXT Chicago. I love that that, match. That's My top three. Yeah, I think that might be. I I think if I looked at all the takeover matches and the ones that I rewatched the most, it's probably that one. Honestly, I I really like that match. That one, Sasha Bailey and Brooklyn, um, Mm -hmm. the tag match um what that you mentioned earlier today are in our text thread and in yeah. toronto diy and and the revival great match god damn it
0: what have they done to the revival the main roster yeah. like i actually got kind of actively angry and well like i was enjoying it so much and then like i thought of the revival the main roster and then i wanted to like hit somebody
3: and it's it's hard not to mention gargano champa and new orleans i know kyle's just gonna rub it in that he was there but i gotta throw it out there just freaking love that match as well uh Gargano and Andrade. I mean, all of these are top tier. Yeah. For me.
0: So it's funny. I think we would all agree on, cause it's funny. Every match that you guys both mentioned, I have on my list. So, you know, I think we would all come. I think there's probably a general consensus. Like I said about the top 10 or so, but what's so unique is I think we would all have them in a different order. And that's okay. You know, I, I it, it's like, you know, I, I it's not one of those things that I would like die across if like you had like if a match that I had number five or having my honorable mention, um, you know, you had a number one. I wouldn't. I, I think these are all just absolutely ridiculous matches. Um, and it, it just speaks to, you know, kind of like Justin alluded to, the power of takeover.
4: I'll, I'll tell you one thing interesting looking at my list. Seven of uh my top ten matches involve either Sami Zayn, uh Johnny Gargano or the Revival.
3: Yeah, I, I think mine do too. I don't I don't have that exact number. I mean the You got the Sammy Cesaro match on there.
4: Yes, I do. Yeah, yes. I God do I love that match. That's a
0: great match too. Yeah, I mean Sammy, you know, so you know, for me, I, I had a top five. I and um honorable mention, the, no, these matches are not in my top five, uh, but I think deserve honor lot Gargano and Cole from this past takeover in New York, yep. that Meltzer are called the best WWE match of all time. I, I, again, I hate that we live in a world where you're a hater. You know, when if you, if like you give a match, you know, that somebody else thinks is the best ever for like four and a half stars. Yeah, that's silly. Uh, the ladder match from New Orleans, 2018. Mm-hmm. Uh, very good. <laughs> I think the best modern, um, WWE ladder match, um, you know, recent years. A uh, bait versus Dunn. I felt terrible not having that in my top five from Chicago in 2017, but I didn't. It just missed. Um, as far as top five goes, I had Sasha Bailey from Brooklyn at number five. If you preferred the Iron Woman match, would not fight you over that. I think they're pretty close. Um, I think Sasha healing on Izzy during that match is really. Sandy. Um, uh, number four, Sami Zayn and Shinsuke. Uh Justin alluded to this, and I would like to double down. We gotta have some praise for this Sami Zayn and some of the early work he did uh in that XC, not just the Cesaro match, but the one against that quitter Neville. Um, you know, <laughs> um, you know, that, that was I mean, both of those were like that. Really started putting those two put takeover on the map. And, you know, I actually just wa- rewatched Zane Nakamura today. By the way, this match is also, of course, famous because it's the last time Shinsuke Nakamura ever tried in professional wrestling.
2: But um,
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, I got to say, and, and you know, I know I'm tough on him too. And by the way, um, it is kind of sad actually when you see the superstar reaction Nakamura got when he comes out for this and see where he's at today. It's it's kind of sad, and I know I'm tough on him. But you know, after I part of me was thinking, you know, after listening to that Moxley interview. Has his love of the game been sapped? You know, does that have anything to do with it? At the same time, I will say this. If you go back and rewatch this, I think Sami Zayn outworked him here. I think Sami Zayn was, like, unreal in this match. Um, Number three is Revival DIY from Toronto 2016. Don't forget about their Brooklyn match, either, at the TakeOver before. Uh, Number two is Gargano and Ciampa uh, from New Orleans 2018. Perhaps the best match I've ever seen live. And then number one Andrade and Johnny Gargano in Philly 2018. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's that I just that is the match that established Johnny Gargano to me as the best baby face in the world.
4: You know, which, I I, which I I say put, that's
0: true up but that's okay. I,
4: I put I love that match. I love that match, but I put Gargano Ciampa above it just because it had the story, whereas Gargano Andrade didn't really have all that much of a story going into it.
0: Now,
3: yeah, yeah, wouldn't fight you. Uh, what's your ever. top, what's that's your that's top, that's top five, Justin? Uh,
4: uh, actually.
3: Or I can come back to you because I got mine ready. Yeah, go ahead. All right. So I had Gargano and Andrade as number six. Just missed Woo! my top five. Uh, I had Shinsuke and Sammy at five. Uh, Revival DIY from Toronto at four. Uh, Gargano Champa from New Orleans at three. Sasha Bailey at two and Dunn Bait number one.
2: That
0: Sasha Bailey match, it cannot be understated what that did for what the ripple yes. that, that had for women's wrestling at the company. I mean, y- you know, some people look, like, oh, you know, maybe moves, you know, seems dumb people, but like the historical significance of what they did just cannot be understated.
3: Yeah. Yeah, that is. I, I flirted back and forth putting that at number one just because it had so much historical significance. And uh, I don't know. It's just something about that Dunn Bait match where so many wow moments in that match it just had me out of my chair. And I, I just, if I was going to pick an NXT match to just show someone that's not even a wrestling fan and say, like, this is why this is so cool, I would put that one in.
0: You know what's an odd comparison that's going to be great for the purposes of this show? Because we're going to talk Bash of the Beach in Top Rope Classics, Bash of mm-hmm. the Beach 96. You know an interesting comparison I can make with that match is Ray Cicosis from yeah. the, bachelor, the opener of Bachelor Beach. in a sense that it was two guys who were very, two opponents who were very familiar with each other, but were going out working in front of a crowd that was unfamiliar with them, and they completely won them over.
3: Yeah, that's true. That, that is a really good comparison. I agree. I agree. Yeah. <laughs> Kyle Ross, love you with all my heart and soul. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> all right, Justin, you got yours ready?
4: Yeah. Yeah. Uh... Five the North American ladder match from New Orleans, uh, four Gargano Champa from New Orleans, three Dunbait, uh, two Bailey and Sasha, just for one just because of the ramifications, and one as I already said Nakamura Zane because I, I don't think I've ever been more excited for a match that also delivered.
3: Yeah, that's nice. I mean, our our top seven or eight matches are all pretty much in line. I would probably put the latter match from New Orleans at seven on my list. I mean, that was right up there too. So
0: yeah, I mean, I think we all mentioned the same matches. We just had them like, a yeah, different, like I said, yeah. So hey, I,
4: I got a question that isn't in our show notes for you guys. Uh, oh, oh. Hoping I could just break this out. Oh
3: God, quick. but I'm so overscripted, Justin Joy. I'm not <laughs> sure if I can do this.
0: This but isn't
4: but in my for- this isn't in my <laughs> format, Tony. <laughs> what what is uh? The best takeover and what or like the three best takeovers? I got I got five in mine. I think there's three quintessential takeovers, and then I have my one favorite.
3: Well, I know I know New Orleans is my favorite, yet again. God damn it, Kyle Ross. You can F <laughs> off. I think New Orleans is my favorite, just because yeah. I I felt like they had two five-star matches on it. Um after that, I mean they're all good. Like it's really hard to uh i don't know you go first kyle shoot that's hard (laughs) because that's really
0: tough i'd have to like look back at the whole cards i I I know new orleans is number one yeah but i don't know you're right it would be really hard for me to name the next two justin i want to send it to justin because he has answers and then they'll jog by memory
4: so i i think there's three quintessential takeovers the first one is our evolution you have the debut of Kevin Owens, the the debut of uh Demon Finn. You have and then the, the Sami Zayn and Neville, uh the culmination of that fantastic storyline, and, and, and then the Kevin angle. Owens. Yeah, at the end. Um Brooklyn one with Sasha Banks, and not only that, but like the thing I geeked out most about Brooklyn one was jushin Liger for obvious reasons that we've covered on this show a billion times, but him versus breeze, you had, uh, the cruise debut. I'm a mark for the vaude villains. Uh, I apologize. Um, and then the the third one is new Orleans where, and I'd also give kudos to Dallas because of Nakamura's, uh, big debut. And then also, uh, most recent one, New York had, I think think New York had three, if not four, just amazing matches. Mm Mm-hmm. So that that's my list. I think those are the essentials.
3: I think you have proven to be the NXT historian on this broadcast. I can't I can't disagree with anything you said there. That oh. yeah, that brings it back a little bit. I I kind of forgot about that first the arrival one.
4: Oh yeah, it, and also uh, everybody go back and watch the Fatal Four Way with Neville, Sami Zayn, and Breeze and Kid. Kid Tyson Kid did some freaking fantastic work in NXT. Twenty fourteen oh, yeah. is an amazing NXT year. Mm-hmm.
0: can we all agree that the low point of nxt though is the quote music of nxt god do i hate that new theme
3: oh like the actual the brand theme yes i'm gonna say some I, of the talent have good themes down there yeah i iowa's own
0: slipknot by the way
3: oh man don't throw iowa under the bus like that yeah that's true iowa's own all right let's uh Let's go into the NXT TakeOver preview. Let's uh, give our predictions on these matches for this weekend. Before we do, it's our last batch of uh, listener voicemails about episode 100. Let's play them.
1: Hey, guys. It's your buddy Kyle
0: from New Jersey. I just want to congratulate you on your landmark 100th episode. Keep up the great work, and I can't wait for episode 200.
1: Top Rope Nation, what's going on? It's Dalvin here. I want to thank you guys for answering my email questions since I'm the only one who answers them. By the way, I do have a question this week. What would you guys say to MLW and NWA doing a War Games show together? I think it would actually be pretty interesting. Anyway, congrats on hundred episodes. I'll see you guys around. Well. Top Rope Nation podcast. Congratulations on your 100th episode. This is your boy Regular Scott from Taking Me From Marvel vs. DC. Um, again, just awesome, great milestone. Uh, 100 episodes. Keep up the good work. Here's to 100 more. Um, also, I'm looking forward to having you guys on sometime to talk some wrestling with me. Uh, my co-host is pretty knowledgeable about comics. I'm a big wrestling guy, so it would be nice to change things up and talk some wrestling. But again, congratulations, 100 episodes. That's incredible. That's awesome. Keep up the good work. I got a beer in my hand. Here's to 100 more just for you.
3: All right, guys. So I just want to thank you all for calling in, taking the time out of your day. Just leave us a uh, nice message about hitting episode 100. This show is not possible without the listeners. We very much appreciate the growing audience we've had and the dedicated audience we've had all through these 100 episodes. Your support means the world to us. Thank you very much for that. And uh, NXT TakeOver 25, Saturday night. So let's just run through them here quickly. Our picks, brief thoughts on each match. Uh we've got let's see five matches on the card. We'll start it off with uh Matt Riddle and Roderick Strong. So on television they've teased some dissension with the undisputed okay. era. It, it would appear that they're on the same page here. Um Riddle and Strong around around the uh
0: around the board here. What are the thoughts, Kyle? What do you got on this match? This is the match I'm actually looking forward to the most on the card. I uh, love Roderick Strong. Don't seem as a high upside guy on the main roster, but um That shouldn't mean that we don't appreciate his work. Um, Meltzer has reported that Riddle is in line for a shot at the title, NXT title at the Toronto show. So it would make sense for him to win. Okay. Justin.
4: Yeah. I'm also very much looking forward to this match. These two are going to beat the holy hell out of each other. Um, I also think Riddle, I think Riddle's going to get this one.
3: Yes. Also my pick. I don't know if any uh, dissension with the stable will rear its head in this one, but uh, I I got to go through.
0: I think they'll go back to that after this show. Yeah.
3: All right. So we're all on the same page there. I'm glad I picked the same as Justin joint. Otherwise I might be (laughs) screwed. So thank you, Justin. (laughs) Uh, NXT North American title, Velveteen dream, the champion taking on the returning Tyler breeze. Uh, I'm looking forward to seeing Tyler breeze, you know, Pick up some steam in NXT yet again. Uh, never really had a chance on the main roster. He was awesome in his first NXT run, and uh, these are two characters that could produce some entertaining television together and have. So I think, I think I will go with the Velveteen Dream here. Though I think I think he'll retain the title.
0: Kyle, yeah, Dream. Um, little interesting. It's man. If Breeze has a. Kick ass performance here, wouldn't that be an indictment of the main roster from your own company? Yes. <laughs> yeah, okay. cool. oh. I gotta say though, I watched the segment uh earlier today that, that set this up. Man, Tyler Breeze, he didn't get a fair shake on the main roster. I mean, remember like they brought him in and like they just like he was actually the start of the trend where like he was immediately just typecast as a lower mid card guy, but mm. like, I think heard a lot of subsequent calls, but. He didn't, like, you know, Dream got a lot of lines in about, like, oh, you were in catering, you know, oh, just because, you know, you're used to be in catering on Monday and Tuesday. That doesn't mean you can come to my show and tell the Dream what to do. It Breeze kind of almost, like, it almost, like, cut too close to home where Breeze didn't feel like a big star at all. So he has a lot to prove in this match, and I think that's the thing to look for. Man, they could use the Dream on the main roster, but we know how that goes sometimes.
3: Yeah. Uh Justin.
4: So boy, doesn't this feel like uh going back to our conversation of uh, a couple of weeks ago when we were talking about how Triple H has been liking and unliking negative tweets towards Vince? Mm-hmm. There there is no way that he does not make a superstar out of Tyler breeze or that he does not at least give Tyler Breeze a chance to remind everybody that he's he can fucking work. I mean, he he is a great worker, he can put on a match. Mm-hmm. I don't think he's going to go over, uh, but I, these guys are, are going to go, and I I think Breeze could have a nice little run in NXT coming up here.
3: Justin Joyne is getting hot,
0: by the way. <laughs> if he does, let's say he does. Which I Tyler
3: said. Breeze brings it out of him.
0: How, how many guys are going to that are sitting there doing nothing? NXT alums, we should uh, specify. They're sitting there on the main roster doing nothing. Are going to be like? I mean, obviously there's there's a difference. It's I would love to know what Tyler Breeze's pay structure is right now. You, did he maintain the same pay structure? And he just got to go back to NXT. Because if other guys can get that deal, or all of a sudden other guys will be saying, "Hey, I want that deal. I yeah. want that NXT, and I want, but I want to make main roster money." No doubt. Yeah. So, I mean, th- that's interesting. By the way, a common complaint I get from Laps fans, like buddies of mine that are Laps fans, are that there's, you know, where are the characters in wrestling? There, there's no kid. Do you ever like get like? You guys have friends like this, right? You
3: yeah, know? like people will say, "Oh, what's their what's their gimmick?" You know? Yeah, what's, it's like what's yeah, the character? You
0: know, I had said there, and a buddy who was watching Royal Rumble. He's like, "Why is everyone just a name?" You know? And I, I don't know if that was the best take, but like, um you know, but still, like, there's a it's a common criticism. You know, Tyler Breeze has this. I don't know if it's like the greatest gimmick in the world, but it was a gimmick, and I, I was really surprised. Like, I guess it was just a case of Vince just not getting it. Yeah. You know, I mean, like the selfie, did he not get the selfie stick? But because, yeah. I
3: don't know. He gets he, pooper scoopers, but not selfie sticks. Yeah, sad. <laughs> Very sad. <laughs> All right. Uh, the uh, four way with the NXT tag titles, the ladder match. Got a chance to tear it down here. So we've got Birch and Lorcan versus the Street Profits versus Forgotten Sons versus Fish and O'Reilly of the Undisputed Era. Uh, to win the tag team titles, by the way, I should say, because I obviously the uh, the the what are they now the Viking like, Raiders? Yes, I do not
0: like what they did with that situation with them not losing on the way yeah. out.
3: That is problematic. So we've we've got the titles vacated. Someone's going to emerge the champions here. Go ahead, Kyle. What are your thoughts?
0: I absolutely fucking love the Street Profits right now. Uh, I'll and I'll go so far as to say, if you want to talk, we, we use this term a lot when talking about NXT Town's upside ceiling. Uh, looking at those word, buzzwords, I think you could make a strong case that the main roster call up the wrong WWE team or NXT team. I, I think the Street Profits have a far higher upside than the Viking Raiders. Uh, you know, Angelo Dawkins in particular has seems to have really benefited from his time at Evolve. Um, this is the time to build the tag division around the Street Profits. I think they get the win. Looking at the other teams, you know, I love Birch and Lorcan, by the way. Uh, Remember the name or Oni Lorcan uh, coming up a little bit later in the show because we may be talking about him again. But, um, you know, they don't feel like a high upside team. The Forgotten Sons, bless their souls. This is another situation where Triple H needs to be honest with people. I give them, like, next to 0% chance of any success in the main roster. I think Vince would, like, look at If they got called up, Vince would be like, Paul, I told you I don't like sanity you know like I, I just feel like that's the conversation that would happen and fish and o'reilly yeah i mean obviously great tag team but I, that just feels kind of like been there done that maybe with the undisputed era not to say that it would be a bad thing so i'm all about the street profits here uh i think this could be with the latter match a real showcase for the stud that is montez ford okay justin
4: well i'm of two minds as to what the show is going to try and accomplish and one part of me thinks uh you kind of keep sowing the seeds of dissension amongst the undisputed air? And the show ends with Adam Cole and Kyle O'Reilly and Bobby fish wearing titles. Whereas Roderick strong loses his match with riddle. Um, That's one thought. Uh, otherwise you just go with all of them losing and that kind of just breaks everything apart. My gut tells me, uh, the street profits I'm with Kyle. I freaking love them. Uh, Montez Ford is a, just a stud. Um, so street profits
3: yeah i also think street profits is the way to kind of start a new era freshen it up a little bit so i would go with them as well uh speaking of starting a new era are we going to continue along the same path uh the nxt women's title match so baszler defending against io shirai what do we think about this one uh let me let me throw it to justin first on this one, because more often than not, Baszler has dominated the women's division for over a year now. She lost the title briefly, but got it back. Um, Who do you see winning here, Justin?
4: It's tough to say, because I don't know why you would take the title off Baszler at this point, unless you're going to have, you know, call her up. Uh, So maybe that's a possibility, but... Man, I... It just doesn't feel like I really like Shirai, but I don't know if it's quite the time yet. So I'm, I'm going to go with Baszler. Okay, Kyle.
0: Justin brings up a very good point. And I, I'll, I'm going to take it a step further. It feels like whomever loses this match almost kind of has to go to the main roster. Because what do they do? I mean, I guess you could keep having EO Chase, but like, Man, this NXT women's division is kind of deep and backlogged to just have somebody chasing. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm surprised Baszler hasn't been called up. She is certainly more than Main Roster ready. Mm-hmm. Um, now if she gets called up, is the whole package called up with Duke and Shafir? You know, that that would be something interesting. Um there's an interesting argument too with you. If she if she got called up. Look, man, I, I got to word this carefully. Got to word this carefully. So, to do that, I'm going to use Vince McMahon. In Vince's eyes, would that be too many Japanese women on the main roster? Hmm. Like, you know, you just had the team, like, you know, and it's, and remember, there's heat with Oscar. And is as Asuka then I'm going to be pissed that she's in a tag team and he has a single? That doesn't make a lot of sense, actually. So I don't actually, I've actually talked myself out of EO getting called up at all. Um, this is the hardest match to call for me. I'm going to say title change and Baser gets called up.
3: Mm. So would that have been a mistake to not call her up while Rousey was there? Yes because <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> you talk yeah, about bringing the rest yeah, of the horsemen yes, up I, and it's like so, why are so, they doing rousey was so, you know
0: what you know like how I, I have already like gone back and retconned that whole debate that they, they they fucked up they should have done horsewomen resource women, or horse women in the middle of that feud. It should have been ronda and becky one-on-one in WrestleMania. i've already like completely you know I, I said i would give it a chance billy made it like let's see where it goes well hey it doesn't matter if it's a three-way it doesn't matter if it's becky or strada because they're ending up with just becky it standing tall in the end. Anyway, I've like gone back now and like reevaluate the whole process. They they did it all. Yeah, it's
3: I can't imagine them calling up Io Rai right now because why wouldn't they have just called them up together with the Sky yes. Pirates? You yes, know?
0: that's very true. You're right. You're right. So I I, I actually decided that was a bad take.
3: I, I can see that. I can see in their mind saying like, all right, we lost Ronda, so we bring up Basler to kind of fill that slot. So if, if
0: Becky, I mean Lacey Evans, who was you know allegedly the toast of town, has now do is done multiple TV jobs. Yeah. You know, you you probably need, you know, and it's a ready-made storyline. Shane is here for revenge for Rhonda.
3: Mm-hmm. So you're going with the title change? Yes. And Justin, your pick? Basler. Okay. Oh man. Do I go with Justin Joint and his stellar track record? Kind of talked to myself. I was initially going to pick Baszler and I'm talking myself out of it by thinking about call-ups. Um, you know what? But Lacey just got there. So I know what's happened on TV lately, but I think I'm still going to pick Basler. We shall see though. That is a really tough call. All right. And then the main event, uh, Johnny Gargano defending against Adam Cole. We know these okay. two can work. It could be a great match uh, yet again between the two. Uh, I just, I don't know. I, I feel like Gargano is going to hold the title throughout the summer into SummerSlam. So I'm going to go with Johnny Gargano just on that basis alone, Justin.
4: Oh man. I mean, you always have the baby face chase. I mean, how interesting is Gargano champ champion going to be? Uh, and how many times can Adam Cole, you know, lose these big time matches? I mean, it just, it feels like he's got to have something. And if you really want to shock people, the answer to AEW, I don't know if it's Gargano winning here. Uh, I'm going to go Cole.
0: Wow. Oh, boy. I think there could be an Adam Cole title change now because I'm like, I feel like pretty adamant about Gargano. I think, I think he's the face of the brand. I think he just rolled him. And then the undisputed here, I think the answer of what do you do with Adam Cole? I think you just do the breakup angle, which doesn't need a title. Mm hmm. Uh, true true yeah
4: maybe you know what maybe you're talking me out of no, it. no 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 no
0: just enjoying if i if i talk change. you out of it if, if i talk you out of it then our listeners should bet their mortgage on adam cole that's yeah. for sure
3: <laughs> don't listen justin go with your gut i'm i mean i'm still going with gargano but justin usually Plus he, just well it. It. he just i
0: mean he just won it
4: yeah, yeah. you're right gargano Okay, 100%
3: <laughs> Adam Cole is definitely winning. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So we're all on Gargano then. Yep. All right. That's NXT takeover 25 guys. Um, all right. We'll see what happens on uh Saturday night. And uh, we'll be talking classic wrestling this weekend with the Patreon show. But uh, before we get to that, speaking of classic wrestling, I think it is time for as it's still branded, we might get into this, the Kyle Ross, I love this sport,
0: match of the week. Take it away, Kyle. Not going to be that cl- classic this week. A uh, little bit of a heads up. So I just want to let everyone know what this is. Like, you know, it's, it's kind of been like a lot of, you know, I, I love every match that I watch, but it, they've kind of been like some oddball. Like, this is not to like say, you know what my match of the week is? is like Hart Austin from WrestleMania 13. I just figure you've all seen that. So I almost think this is more of an I love this sport deep dive of the week.
4: Ooh, so Hart Austin from Survivor Series.
0: Oh, there we go. That's a great so, one as yeah, well. You, yeah. So I mean, maybe we can go with that because, like, you know, I'm not gonna say, you know, what's a really good match you guys should check out is the first Hell in a Cell between Shawn Michaels and the other thing. <laughs> like,
3: Did you know the first Hell in a Cell had Shawn right. Michaels in it? Yeah.
0: So like, no. So that's I, I like to do some deep dives. I assume we've all seen the. You know, if you're listening to a wrestling podcast, you've probably seen, you know, the consensus great matches of all time. I'm trying to dig a little deep. That's what makes me love this sport is is deep dives. So, the I love this sport deep dive of the week is, you know, of course, I always like to try to tie it into what we talked about this week. And we just spent a lot of time talking about NXT. And it is an NXT match, but it is not a takeover match. Obviously, you can... Feel free to watch any of the TakeOver matches Justin, Ryan, and I all just discussed, But I've got another one for you from NXT TV, uh, April 5th of 2017. It is a the kind of match that should be regularly featured on main roster television in terms of an extended squash and getting over a talent you are looking to push. Uh, they do not do these kind of matches at all, which makes me absolutely nauseous. But they did do it on NXT TV, um, and they, they actually do it they, they do a pretty decent job in doing matches like this on NXT TV, and I think this is the best one they've ever done with this style. Drew McIntyre, who had just come back to the company, uh, taking on Oni Larkin.
4: Oh, I remember that match. I like it.
0: This is an extended squash to the nth degree. I love this match a lot.
3: You're you're hinting that this was going to involve Oni Larkin, so I was yeah. curious how would we get to that. But uh, yeah. nice.
0: I, this is definitely Drew's best match since returning to the company. Singles match, I should preface. I really liked – was that Hell in a Cell? Yeah, because it was the red Hell in a Cell I remember that night. We are talking about the, the Drew and Dahl first Seth and Dean tag match mm-hmm. uh, from that pay-per-view. Uh, might be the best match Drew was involved in. But as far as singles matches goes, this was it, man. Now, Odie's a guy who, to me, should be put on like be brought to main roster TV to put guys over. He would excel in that role of making the other guy look good.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah, I can see that for sure. Not done
0: though. Sad.
3: Yeah. <laughs> All right. Check it out. If you have thoughts on it, tweet it to us at top rope nation um, or email us top rope nation at gmail.com. I don't have any emails to get through this week, but if you email the show, we'll read it on the air and discuss whatever is on your mind. I do want to mention, I did throw a, uh, poll up on our twitter account at the beginning of the broadcast asking and this kind of gets back into the AEW theme which of these companies has your interest more right now and i put wwe AEW, new japan or ring of honor uh we got 352 votes as of now and um i I saw less more at pro wrestling retweeted it so they got us some some votes and a new audience there uh 22 percent wwe 71 percent aew six percent new japan and one percent ring of honor
0: a fairly predictable result
3: though. yeah i mean it's
0: it's the hot thing right now yeah, but we, we uh, did not we did not need nate silver and the fine folks at 538 <laughs> to uh predict those results i don't believe
3: but uh yeah it's pretty one-sided so uh, we'll see if AEW can continue that momentum I think for, you,
0: by the way i like Wes more
3: yeah he's they do a good show so, speaking of carrying the momentum forward, guys. Hopefully, we can, can we can carry that momentum forward. Get to episode two hundred, but uh, we got our first one hundred in the books, plus some extra sideshows we've done. Top Rope Nation Classics, Top Rope Nation Extra, over on Patreon. Once again, appreciate the support. Appreciate Kyle and Justin jumping on with me each and every week. And uh, any any parting comments, guys? Believe it or not, I'm all out. (laughs) All out of comments. I I mean, it's been a long show.
0: My scripted promo ended, so I don't know. uh, 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 (laughs) You smell really bad. (laughs) Yeah, put on the gas mask. You all smell. (laughs) You're real smelly, disgusting people. (laughs) Justin. I need a pooper scooper.
3: Go Canada. Go Canada. Hey so uh yeah we're cheering for the toronto raptors here on the broadcast sorry we're in california which is our number one most downloaded state so well uh,
0: some say we're cheering for canada tonight if you know what i mean
3: (laughs) so um again hey guys check out uh patreon.com slash top rope nation until june 30th the five dollar a month tier you can fund the show we're giving away a free T-shirt. Five bucks gets you a T-shirt and all of our bonus content. You can't lose. Patreon.com/slash TopRopeNation. We'll be back with you with episode 101 next week. I want to thank our producers of the show: Derek Chappelle, Kyle Ryan, Tim Jensen, Forrest Pierce, Sean Skelton. Thanks for your support, and uh, we will check you guys next week. Thanks for a great 100 episodes. Here's to 100 more
2: at parker our purpose is simple we want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently by using more sustainable
4: practices by developing better technologies